Welcome to Funding the Dream, the number one podcast for the number one crowdfunding platform, Kickstarter. Now here's your host, Richard Bliss. Thanks for joining me again. I am here still at Protospiel in San Jose, and my guest is uh, somebody who hasn't been on the show before, but was offered and turned me down, and now they come crawling back and ask to be back on the show. Maybe quite not something like that, but I'm right, I'm thrilled to have Peter Vaughn from Breaking Gigs. Peter, thanks for joining me. Hey, thank you very much. I am thrilled to be on Funny the Dream. Thank you. It has been a while. It has. When yes. was the offer made? It was uh, 2014. Yeah. At this protospiel. Oh, it was. Yes. I didn't. Oh, that's right, because you had driven up from LA and we're headed back, yes. and I made the offer to come to my home. Yes. Very play nice. Play games. Yes. Be on my show. Yep. Dinner. I know. And you said I have a job. Oh and my god. Not, and I have to go back to it. And all the vacation days are spent already, and I'm so sorry. And you turned me down. And what's interesting, though, one of the reasons that we are together right now, and if I was to make the offer to you right now, that you would say... Absolutely. As, because... I have a job in the industry now. You do. You are a full-time game person. Right. You are living the dream. I am living the dream. About, and what, so what's your role at Breaking Games? Uh, director of development. I also add that I do community... Because we wear a lot of hats at the, at, the, at the company, so I do that too. And how long have you been with Breaking Games? Uh, about a year and two months. So you have a, you uh, were able to leave your day job and commit to this full-time. Yeah. It is really, for the gamers who are looking to do this, this is, this is the dream. It really is. And so you've been here now, we're on day three at right. Rotospiel. Right. And you're looking a little tired. Right, your okay. voice is a little rough. Sure, nothing like a Gen Con, though. I mean, like you know, it's it's uh, yeah. But this has bit. been a significantly successful. Oh yeah, school. it's fantastic. Yeah, the amount of people that are still here, yeah, still going. Yeah, it's yeah. Sunday afternoon and right. and it's still packed. You've been here showing off the game. Uh, yes, right. I have actually. I have, we have. Uh, you know, easily nine games on display at the moment, but Rise of Tribes is the one I've been have, have had on the table quite a bit. So you have nine games here at Protospiel. I do, wow. that I'm showing, and that are coming out this year. That are coming out this year. Yeah. How many of those are going to be Kickstarter? Just one. Really? Yeah. Which one? Rise of Tribes. So uh, when does that come out on Kickstarter? June 6th. So June 6th of 27, we're recording in 2017. Those of you who are listening in the year is 2019. This happened two years ago, but I get ahead of myself. That was a time travel game that I was playing earlier on <laughs> in the con. Okay, so you have a... So answer to me then, uh, Breaking Games is an established game company. True. You, you have a dozen games coming out this year, more right. than a dozen. Right. Why, are you, why does Breaking Games need to kickstart a game? Breaking Games is choosing to kickstart a game because of the fun of Kickstarter. The fun. The fun of Kickstarter. Not the funds. The fun. The fun. So let's focus on that. What do you mean yeah. by the fun of Kickstarter? Well, the reason why I back projects, I mean, you know, I love the community of Kickstarter. And when I did, I did a Kickstarter in 2013 called What the Food. And I remember scrambling around asking people, like, what should I do? How should I print it? What, you know, all that stuff. And then when I, when I went live, and I was a nervous wreck when I went live, the community came alive and, and funded that project of mine, and there was no greater thrill. I mean, it had ups and downs, but right. boy, I'll tell you, that community said, uh, we want this in the game, and we want that, and we love your art, and we're having a fun time, and we want to suggest this. I had a really good friend come out of nowhere and create a character in the game and really fund it. 
And, uh, so I'm, that sense of community, hence the title on your uh, business card that says community, head of community. You see this as a way of bringing the community together, the fans of Breaking Game, to, to share and experience. Right. I have, uh, you know, we were going to kickstart Letter Tycoon. Right. Um, actually, when it first came out, we were going to kickstart it. And the reason why is we were going to ask people, what powers do you want? What, what abilities? And I do believe that, um, you know, I, I put a, a list of the games in front of Sherry Spiro, who uh, leads Breaking Games. And I said, these would be good candidates for... Uh, backer input, and that's important to me. I would want, not want to put a game that, that is just, hey, let's print this game. I, I, I think it's a really important to say, where what's a game that some, some folks can come and say, you know what, I really like this part of it. Or, I can uh, indicate to you that it's a that it's uh, something we want to see more of, so Got let's it. make it bigger, let's make it, it more deluxe. And, and looking at Rise, Rise of Tribes, gorgeous artwork, looks like, and your table, and I'm looking at it over there now, has been packed. Uh, a lot of interest here. So, one of the things, though, we, so it sounds like you're going to tap into that community and use Kickstarter because Kickstarter, in the early days of Kickstarter, we had the idea that it's only for those independent creators. But really, that's been changed now. That it's it's that the Kickstarter community has an opportunity to participate, whether you're an independent or you are a long-term uh, right. person. So. Right. So that's so we're looking at an opportunity then for breaking games to participate in that Kickstarter community. Absolutely, and we've been a participant in other ways. You see, uh, part of our, you know, we are part of Ad Magic, which is a manufacturing and printing company. Got it. And Ad Magic is well known for printing Cards Against Humanity, printing Exploding Kittens, printing Joking Hazard, and these are huge Kickstarter projects, and we're a big fan of Kickstarter. So. We're already, you know, friends with Kickstarter. We already love the fact that that platform exists and brings projects to life. So, why not go to that? You know, it's interesting because oftentimes I tell people when they're looking to uh, build a game, go out on Kickstarter, do a Kickstarter project, that crowdfunding is not normally a funding issue. It's a crowd issue. Absolutely. You don't, you don't have a funding problem. you got a crowd problem. Right. And what, kind of what you're saying is, is that... This is an opportunity for you to give back to your crowd, to give right. to your audience, your tribe. Seth Godin, who's been on the show, calls it the tribe. Right. It's, it's good for Rise of Tribes to be. It is. Yeah. It is. Rise of Tribes. Uh, be part of the tribe. Right. right? Uh, be out there. You have been a game designer because you've been 14 months here at um, Breaking Games. Yeah. You've been a game designer before. Right. Now you get to see the, the you're on the, the publishing side of that. Right. One of the things I often tell people, though, is, and I'd like to ask you about this. Do you want to be a game designer or do you want to be a game publisher? Because so often we see on Kickstarter, first-timers trying to do both. Now, some have been successful, right? but I oftentimes it stresses finances, it stresses family, it stresses life, because it's really hard to do both, isn't it? Right. It really is. I mean, my example of someone who could do it all is like, you know, say Red Raven games. I mean, illustrating, designing, yeah. publishing. I mean, that's really rare, though. You know, I know I've got friends at Foxtrot that do it, and, you know, Ed Bereff, Pencil First Games. There are people out there who can do it, but even in those cases, you see the, the need to kind of spread the roles around. I mean, and as I uh, take on the developer role, I realize, you know, there's a, there is a, a difference between that and design. There's a difference between that and, and publishing. And I tried to do it all myself at one time, 
And after I kickstarted What the Food, I found that all day was business and all day was kind of like working out. I thought the Kickstarter was the end, the Kickstarter was just the beginning. And, and all my designs since have been back burner to running a company and, and you know eventually merging with another company. But that's interesting because, and we've got to talk about that too, um, because I tell people that Kickstarter is the last thing you do. But I'm not talking. That, that's from the promotion and the building up, and you know, don't start with your Kickstarter and then try to go find the crowd. Right, right. But what you're and now you're saying is that okay, yeah, that's the last thing you do in that phase. Right. Because then phase two starts, and yeah. it's even bigger and crazier than phase one. Right. And that is now that you've funded. Now you've got to produce, deliver, ship. You've got fans out there. I mean, they're and like, they're what's vocal, next? Right. You got to you know? feed the beast, as yes, I call it. Yes, now that you've had you it, what's next? Right. And if you're doing all of it yourself, what? I know the answer to this. I'm going to ask you anyway. Okay. What's the biggest challenge that comes to somebody who's trying to, to be a self-publisher, be a self-designer, and do all of that themselves? What's their biggest challenge? The biggest challenge if you're trying to do it all yourself, probably that you don't get any sleep anymore right. and that something starts to give. I had a friend of mine say one time that you can do two and a half things well, and as you start to do more things... You can do them, but they won't be done well. Oh, that's a good one. And yeah. uh, it's really true because, you know, if I find myself putting like one and a half things into my job and then maybe my relationship is one thing, I don't, you know. There's like, nothing left. If I play poker, I'm not going to be good at it because I'm spending all this time. But if I play poker and give that a, a whole thing. So spreading yourself too thin. Too thin is definitely a risk. And that's a great example because there's oftentimes, if you're a great illustrator, you yeah. do that really well. But then you're being asked to do the accounting and the logistics and the shipping. Yes. And so now that was what you were really good at. Or there you're a great designer or a publisher or a project manager or a people person or whatever it might be. Yeah. One thing I've seen, and tell me if I'm accurate here, is that oftentimes a creative person struggles with giving up control. Absolutely. Yeah? Is that I know true? that one. I do know, you know that, that one. one? Yeah. Because yeah. I'll give you a great example. Uh, I knew enough to know that I'm very busy in my job and I can't be the one to run this Kickstarter for Rise of Tribes. So I found someone. Sherry and I both found someone to run the Kickstarter for us. And that person is Chris Strain, who has run other Kickstarters. Okay. Okay? Uh, so I know enough to know that I need to delegate. However... Uh, Chris Strain is a friend of mine, and I also know how passionate I am about Rise of Tribes, and I find myself wanting to tell Chris Strain how to do this Kickstarter. And I have to stop myself and say, Chris is the one. How successful are you at stopping yourself? <laughs> it's hard. Chris and I talk a lot, and luckily we're aligned on what we want to do with this Kickstarter, and that is important to me. But I do know that I'm going to have to trust him to take it. I know he can, and, I, and I'm super happy about it. But it is so hard because you want to do everything. You do want to do everything. I mean, there are games that I wanted to do the art. I no longer, you know, have that. Foul. I was I was going to do the art on Letter Tycoon, and I said eventually found Max Schubert, and I was like, thank God we found Max Schubert. He's so much better than I right. would have done, and so, he did it, you know, half the time, quarter of the time. And you have a, a long history of being in the creative industry. Twelve years at Disney, right. right? iOS developer. You've done a lot of this, and so you're. You've got skills. You've been doing this for a while. So the fact that even after all that time, it's still hard. Oh, yeah. All those things are because I wanted to do it all, right? Because if I'm at Disney and I would have to wait for a rendered pose of Chicken Little, like so I, I'm getting a marketing pose, eventually I'd be waiting for a while. And I'm, like, I'm just going to figure out how to render this thing myself because I want it and I want to do it. And if I want to make an app, I just want to figure it out. I'll figure out how to code. I'll just do it. 
But um, years of your life can go that way, right? But, I mean, it can take a long time to make a product. So. It can. Any advice to, uh, we got a lot of listeners out there who are poised to take their Kickstarter project, turn that project into a reality, fund their dream, got my own plug in there. Any advice that you can give to them? Either approach, you're a publisher now. What advice can you give to them approaching a publisher? Or what advice can you give them to actually giving some of that control up? Yeah. We're going to wrap up with this. Okay, sure. There's a lot of folks who pitch a game and they don't know where they stand on this. And, and that's actually, you know, it's understandable. Because it, let's say you have a great idea and you want to approach a publisher. But, you know, keep in mind, a publisher would do a lot of the job for you, but take a lot of the profit. And you have to decide, okay, what is it? What's the fun part for me? You know, a lot of us at the League of Game Makers, that's a blog that I run, uh, you know, when we started it, there were some of them, Tom Jolly and Luke Laurie sure. said, design only. I know what I want. And a lot of them came in and we were hybrids. And they said, I don't know. And some of them have fallen back to design is what I want. In fact, you know, Chris Strain used to be a publisher. And he said, I'm going to give this up. And Teal Fristo, another person who were publishing his game, Trellis, he did it as well. So he's capable of doing it. But, you know, the joy is different for everybody. And so you have you you should look at deep in and try and figure out what is it that you want. If you do pick design, you can make many more designs and have all of that fun, but you will have to give up the art choice and the publishing choices and the manufacturing choices. And it's interesting because if you pick publishing, you can publish a but whole lot. But you give up all the designs that you right, want to you do. Can publish, and if you pick art, you can do a lot more art than if you're actually spending time doing all those other things. So it's interesting that the more you're willing to give up, the more fun you're going to have. The more fun you're going to have. It doesn't feel like that. Right. Yeah, Because, but, but finding a good team is critical. Collaborate, share. Protospiel is great because Protospiel is like tapping at a team that you didn't know you had. Right. right? People are sitting down saying, oh, I love that. I, I, I played a game yesterday. I don't remember the name of it, but I really enjoyed it. And I'm not a game designer, and so I got frustrated in the game, and I didn't know why. Right. But I was sitting with Grant Rodeic from... Uh, Hyperbole. Hi, thank you. Yeah. And Grant is a game designer. Sure. And so he said, here's what, here's your chat. This is good. This doesn't work. Change this. Fix this. Do that. Here right. you go. And I was watching. He got a developer for free. He did. Right? And I suddenly was like, yeah. He just addressed all my frustration points. And I did, I'm not sophisticated enough as a game player to know why I was frustrated other right. than I was frustrated. And not in a good way. Sure. I watched the developer. This is his only game. Chris Long is his name, and I watched him handle that criticism. Somebody just took his baby yeah. and, and right and just <laughs> slapped it around and said, uh, no, no. Yeah. But at the core, I was drawn to the game and loved it, and when I heard Grant give the recommendations, I immediately knew I wanted to play this again. again with those. With those recommendations, because yeah, I really liked this game, and those pieces of it got in the way. Yeah. And so I can understand how you, if you focus, you can make yeah, this work. I, who knows what I was talking passion about? Passion is still key, and obviously, if you have the passion and the ability to do a lot of a lot of parts, you know, kudos to you. I I, I, I understand it completely. Yeah, there's a lot of passion here. Yeah, I've had, and hence the reason we contribute. The League of Gamers, Game Makers, the funding the dream, all of it is we do so much of a passion. And speaking of passion, let's give it one more plug to Jeremy Commander, who has yes. hosted this event, who gets nothing out of it other than the satisfaction that he did a major service. For yeah. the board game industry. Anyone who's thinking to themselves the fun part would be maybe hosting one of these could learn from what Jeremy did. Should reach out to Jeremy because I agree. It's one of the best ones uh, in the entire country and uh, I have fun every time. I do too and, and uh, 
Jeremy was on the show just a couple episodes ago. And what we'll do is we're going to have him back to talk about lessons learned, where it goes from here. Because, but it's been a phenomenal. What's cool? He provides free food to all of these and, gamers. And can I talk about one other little cool thing that sure, happens we, to me today? We, yep. You know what? This was going to be a mini episode. We're going to turn this into a full-fledged okay. episode. We got a couple more. Minutes. I just want to say that uh, four years ago when I came to Pro Spiel, I saw a game that I really liked. And I didn't know at the time that I was going to be a publisher. Okay. But I ended up, the words came out of my mouth, who is publishing this? Because I saw the game Boomtown Bandits by Isaac F. And I didn't think to myself, I thought I want this game. That's what I thought. Right, not I, that I, I want to realized, publish it. I realized that I, I couldn't leave without telling Isaac that I wanted that game. And I was very small at the time, and we didn't make a deal that you day. You wanted to publish it. But I wanted to publish it, and I realized in my head that, that that's what I was asking was, like, how can I make this game real for you? I want this game to come out. The reason why I mention it is because four years later, which is, like, this weekend, Boomtown uh, Bandits, which has been out, has finally gotten its debut today in Barnes & Noble. Serious? I'm super excited. Isaac is super excited. But it was a game that came to Protospiel. So Isaac knew... I want to be the designer. I want to give this baby to somebody. He gave it to Breaking Games. So I'm super happy for Isaac. And I'm also super excited that it happened at Protospiel. You know, that's where it happens. And, and so if we're sharing stories, that four years ago at that Protospiel, Pandemic Legacy. Oh, I remember. It yeah, was there, yes. right? Yeah, Matt and Rob were working yeah. on it. That uh, they were. And I had the privilege under NDA at the time of yeah. actually having that game in my home during Ooh, for my game group. Very nice. And we got to film and play that. So yes, seeing the game in the prototype where I had it, then seeing it come to Protospiel and seeing its success, and now walking by it, well, naturally, no, it's on my shelf. I know, right? right? Yeah. Having that, there is an incredible satisfaction of, of watching somebody take their passion, which is why this show exists. Right. I get satisfaction of watching people fund their dream, to really have a passion, not know how to do it, and then guests like you that are willing to come on and share so much of their experience. Thank you very much Absolutely for doing Absolutely a pleasure. I won't, I won't pass up the opportunity again. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks you, Rachel. You're welcome. This has been Funding the Dream. We have been live here at Protospiel San Jose. My guest has been Peter Vaughn. Community, I'm going to call you community director first and, okay. and, and uh, director of development for Breaking Games. He's been my guest. I have been inspired by him, and I hopefully you have too. Thanks for listening. Take Thank care. Thank you.